Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. We are back with uh, Mike Baker and John Knapp hey to do part what's two. Up, what's up? Part, guys, I didn't tell you you could talk yet. Part two of questions about heaven and hell. So um, I brought Mike back because we had a, I don't know if you guys remember last week, we had a very riveting conversation. Actually, you two had the conversation. I kind of just sat here and listened. You looked um, riveted. So uh, we're going to talk about heaven and hell a little bit more and answer some more questions for our, uh, our part two here. And we're going to start with a question that um, Mike requested, which is the question being, what is heaven going to be like? Yeah. So thanks for having me back. I guess, uh, I guess last time wasn't too bad, huh? No, 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 no. Um, am I allowed to talk? I now? cut everything out that you said. <laughs> oh, so but... then it was great. Yeah. Cause John had good things to say. No, um, man. no, uh, I was, I was just kind of thinking as we went away and you said, um, boy, let's, uh, maybe let's, let's continue the conversation next week. I was thinking, well, Man, we we didn't even really get to the whole thing of like how awesome is heaven going to be, right? We could do as many and of these as you want. We could be like the Fast and Furious franchise as, and just keep <laughs> pumping them out. <laughs> um, yeah, but pretty soon, like I'll be replaced with the younger, hotter model, right? <laughs> Isn't that how those work? Yes, that's exactly what we'll do. Um, no, but I, I was just thinking, like I remember being a little kid and uh, hearing about heaven at church and. Um, uh, I remember being in my room and like getting this knot in my stomach mm. and um, and kind of freaking out about it a little bit. And um, because I thought like forever and ever, I even remember saying those words forever and ever, like oh. how ever and ever, like that never ends forever and ever mm. never ends. Sounds boring. More like that it sounds horrible. More like it's sinking in like, oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah forever what are we gonna do like how long can we sing you know how great is our god mm-hmm. right yeah. um what what else turns is out there? forever <laughs> <laughs> just know, one more verse you know what's funny is on the other side of that when i was growing up too and i was always told about heaven how it's going to be you know amazing and great and better than you could ever imagine i always formulated heaven around my own world and my own interests and what i would enjoy the most you know what i mean and it had honestly it was a it was a it showed how immature I was in my faith and that I was like, oh, it's like the most beautiful golf courses and it's like, you know, these amazing landscapes and whatever I enjoy hobby-wise, whatever, I'll just be on like an eternal retirement, you know, excited life and the Bible doesn't say that at all, you know? Right. And so I think this question is so important for us to talk about because you've got both sides of that where you yep. don't want people falling into thinking, well, you know, it's your own version. Yeah. Of whatever you think is glorious and good. Yep. It is forever. And what is going to be happening forever is right. an important questions for people to have answers to. Yeah. I was, I was, um, I was surprised as I started learning more and growing more in my understanding of heaven to, um, to kind of see, oh, like we talked about last time, it's, it's a, a renovated new earth. There's physical as well mm. as spiritual. We aren't floating off in the clouds like we talked about last time. Like yeah. there's a, a physical component to our existence forever. But also there's these weird passages in, in the prophets. Um, Isaiah talks about it. Joel talks about it. This idea that you're rebuilding the ruins of things that were on the earth. Like there's some continuity between this current earth and the future new heaven and new mm. earth. And it, it's a weird idea because um, um, 
you read these passages and they say, well, this earth is going to be destroyed, right? Like this is going to pass away right. and, and what, what's new will come. So like Second uh, Peter talks about this. Uh, one of the, the strongest passages on this. Uh, but the day of the Lord, this is Second Peter 3.10, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements uh, will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its work will, works will be burned up. So like, that sounds like no continuity and then God's going to create something brand new. But just a few verses before, mm. it's talking about the, the time of Noah and it says in verse uh, 6, uh, through which the world at that time was destroyed, the exact same word destroyed, was destroyed being flooded with water. Well, the earth didn't cease to exist and God formed a new earth. There was a cleansing, there was a renovating that went on mm. with the flood in Noah's day. And um, it seems like as we read through scripture, there's a similar thing that goes on with the earth in the end times, like the, the purifying of fire, like all this stuff's wiped out. But that doesn't mean that God sets off a, a bomb that destroys, you know, the, the Death Star, like zaps Earth <laughs> and it just explodes and then he forms a new one. But yeah. because that isn't consistent with the character of God, right? God is a renovator. God doesn't look at us and say, wow, you're too far gone in your sin. I'm going to give up on you and I'm just going to go somewhere else. No, he takes and he cleans and he refreshes and he brings newness in to what was, was under the, the penalty of sin. So, so my perspective of heaven totally changed from like boring floating up there. What are we even going to be doing mm -hmm. to understanding? Like there's, there's some continuity. It's physical. We're doing things where we're having experiences just like we do in life now. And, and you see these pictures of people farming and fishing mm -hmm and um uh singing and learning instruments and um you know maybe finally i can i can learn the guitar right you're a good piano player <laughs> stick with that <laughs> um i don't know we'll 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 leave piano here maybe and play uh play string <laughs> instruments the up yeah. there you exactly. need to learn the, learn the harp, yeah. <laughs> but you know so so um and obviously there's these pictures of banquets and eating and sure. and um worshiping God, um, uh, there's just so much more fullness to heaven than I think uh, we can think about when we just think, oh, well, all the pain and sadness is wiped away and we just float off to be with Jesus. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, there's a lot to experience. There's a lot to enjoy and engage in. Mm -hmm. I, I actually really have nothing else to add to that because... The Bible isn't super clear, really. Right. I mean, I think it's also yep. well, that's what I was going to ask. So know. let's just what does Scripture say about what it's going to be? Because we we hear, you know, the 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 golden, you know, just all these different the things. Pearly just gates, the pearly gates, and, and right. like just the, the streets of gold, the streets of gold. And it's like, what is? Are we? Is it going to be pearly gates and streets of gold? And I mean, what sure. do we know from Scripture about what heaven's like? Yeah, he, he's he's preparing a house for us. You know, in my house, there's many rooms. You know, we talk about that in John. You know. There, it, there are going to be structures and places for us to dwell in. What the material is that, you know, builds this, I'm sure, is precious, you know, stones and metals and things like that that also kind of help us remember the glory and the, yeah. you know, the beauty of God, you know. Uh, you think about the tabernacle in the Old Testament and how it was created and the house, you know, that held, you know, God's 
you know, presence and when you went into there, what it looked like and it was elaborate. And so there's no reason not to think that there's not going to be an elaborate nature to our surroundings. But, um, you know, again, I think Mike hit a lot of the things of that, you know, we don't know a ton, but there are some details that we can kind of pick up, uh, you know, as we think about what God's going to prepare for us right. in, in, in heaven. Well, while we're talking about God preparing for us in heaven, let's talk about this question, which is what does it mean to store up your treasures in heaven? Mm. It means stacking chairs every weekend, yeah. you know, at church. You bet. You know, Especially <laughs> if you could carry three or four at a time. Yeah, yeah. isn't that the, the great uh, manipulation verse to, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't pay much, but yeah. your eternal reward is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> your stock, your stock options are. Oh, uh, yeah, there right. you go. <laughs> so yeah, what does it mean to store up your treasures in heaven? You know, um, there's many times where Jesus talks about you know the rewards that you will be given. You know, ultimately, I think what what is the treasure that we what what should be the greatest treasure of all that we seek after? Because we don't serve for the treasures, mm. and ultimately, you know, we think about Christ being the ultimate treasure that we have, you know, the ultimate treasure of, you know, his uh, presence in our life, what he's done for us on the cross. Ultimately, when we go through this life and we serve him, we serve his church, you know, and, and we, and things like this come up where, you know, the way in which you live now, you're, you're sowing seeds that will reap treasures in heaven. You know, um, you've already, already received everything that you could ever want and the greatest mm-hmm. treasure of all in Jesus. I was um, in Matthew. Um, he talks about rewards just in verse uh, chapter 10, verse 40, whoever receives, let me get in front of the microphone. Whoever receives you receives me and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who re- receives a righteous person becomes because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because uh, he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Um, I, I, you know, the reward here that I think uh, he's talking about is just uh, the, the gift of Christ to us, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like, it's, like it's saying here, you know, we, we receive the reward uh, that, we are, that we inherit from Christ from Christ and from the cross. And, you know, there, it talks about jewels in your crown, you know, it talks about, you know, these, these different things. Yeah. What are those, John? Yeah. I don't really even know, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I, and I think that, you know, uh, there is this mysterious thing where you do get, you do get, he talks about treasures, you know, there are treasures that you mm-hmm. receive, you know, what those look like and what that exactly is, you know, I think, is going to be one cool surprise when we get there. You know, I think that that would be maybe just something to think about as you consider and ponder this question of yeah, how, treasures how kind of boring would it be if he just told us everything yep. about it and then we yeah. just knew exactly what it was going to be? Like, there's the mystery to it is one of the things that's like, man, I can't wait to find out what that is. Yeah, and yeah, I'll uh, uh, I'll always have a, a unique memory when I think of this storing up treasure in heaven thing. Um, it was something that my daughter taught me. So we, we live in Coffee Park, and um, we, like many people, when the fire came in, the tub's fire, we had no warning mm-hmm. that it was coming in. And so it was uh, um, woke up, and the house was full of smoke at that point, and opened up the back 
back uh, window just to look out, and it was burning embers coming down, and it was 2.30 in the morning. We just grabbed the kids and get out. got in the car and, and get out and don't know where we're going to go and um, went to, to one place, and then the fire was closing in there, and so we went to another place. We wound up down in Roanoke Park at kind of this business park, and, um, and I'm in, in pure, like, survival mode, right? Like, going to take care of my family, going to mm-hmm. figure out what's going on with the church, I'm going to figure out what's going on with my, my extended family that lives here. And I'm just thinking like, where's the fire coming from next? Where do we need to go next? And, um, we went up on the, the roof of the, uh, the little business park that we were in at the time and to try and look and see, because fire was coming down the hills in Roanoke Park towards Sonoma state and, uh, didn't know, you know, do we need to evacuate from here and go further South? And we so need I to went just up go there. get on a boat. What? Yeah, exactly. Like head to the ocean, right? Like <laughs> where do we go that's going to be safe? And so at that at this point, we knew that our house had burned down. We gotten confirmation that our house was gone and that our whole neighborhood was gone. And and so I was trying to comfort my daughter. And so I'm like, why don't you come up on the roof with me, honey? It'll be fun, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm purely in survival dad mode, right? And we get up there, and she's eight, and she's trying to catch the ash that's falling down in her hand. Right. Hmm. And she's like chasing around these pieces of ash. And I'm like trying to see where can I see and all that stuff. And then she turns to me and she says, well, I guess this is why we don't store up treasure here on earth, huh, daddy? Hmm. Like right, right in the middle of that moment where all I'm thinking about is where do we go next and what do we do and all that stuff. My daughter's having this spiritual moment of everything that we just own just got destroyed by this fire. Yeah, we don't know is. where we're going to go. It's all gone. Ash is raining down from the sky. And she's thinking of this idea that you just asked. Yeah. She's thinking about, well, this is why we store up treasure in heaven and not on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that fundamentally affected, like here I am, the pastor, right? Like I should be teaching my kids the spiritual and the lessons. Eight-year-old is the one. Yeah, but my eight-year-old daughter is the one who's thinking in spiritual terms, and and just the reminder that all these things that that seem so secure, mm-hmm. I, I never. You could have given me a million guesses. I never would have thought that our house in the middle of the city would burn down right. in a wildfire. Like you, my house is my sanctuary. Like I should be secure there. No, the things of God or what lasts. And that's, and that's the people that you've invested the gospel in, right? That's the work that you're doing for God. Um, all this other stuff, if it wasn't destroyed by the tubs fire, it's going to be destroyed by an earthquake or something else. It's the things of God that last. And sometimes people will, will use these phrases like, um, Oh, you know, he's so, I've heard this before. He's so heavenly minded. Don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Right, like, don't go around with your head in the clouds and all that stuff. But I think about what Paul says in Philippians: like, our citizenship is in heaven. The fact that we know what's mm-hmm. coming next that should drive everything that we do now, yeah. and our value system, our affections should look different in how we live our life today, based on what we know that yeah. future is going to be mm-hmm. that we're looking forward to. Yeah. You're talking about, uh, I mean, a night where you weren't even sure if you guys were going to make it out alive, right? You're not sure. You've got the ash raining down, the smoke in your house, the embers coming down. Uh, You find out that your house did burn down, Um, which I have this question, which is, as a Christian, is it okay to be scared of death? 
Yeah. Is it okay to be scared to die? We see that a lot right now mm. with COVID. A lot yeah. of people are very scared of it. Um, they're scared of dying. And I know like w- with myself, I kind of just think like, you know what? I've, obviously, I don't think anybody's going to raise their hand and be like, hey, let me die. But sure. at the same time, it's like, you know what? If you if we die, I- I'm secure in my faith in Christ. I'm secure uh, in my relationship with him and that I've accepted Christ as my savior, that I'm going to heaven. So while I'm not necessarily excited to, mm-hmm. to go through the, the act of dying. Uh, I'm not scared to die. I mean, the things I think of are more of like, what's my family going to do when I'm gone? That kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I personally am not scared to die. Is it okay for a Christian to be scared of death? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I was going to say, you know, it's I think hard to get the human nature out of us mm-hmm. to uh, not have that fear. You know, I think death brings on a couple things that we just, uh, we fear just because of who we are by our nature, you know, fear of the unknown, fear of, you know, not having control over certain things. I think the, I think that, you know, you shouldn't condemn yourself if you find, you know, a moment in your life where you're afraid of dying because you think maybe it's a lapse in your faith or it's a lapse in your trust of what Christ has done for you on the cross. And that because of this fear now, do you really believe or do you not believe, you know, is there, is there doubt that is, you know, setting in place here? Um, you know, I think, you know, I think that there's a gradual change that happens in the heart of a Christian that goes from fearing all these things to then kind of transitioning into this, you know, um, I, I have so much trust and I have so much faith in what God has done for me and that although he has me here and I love my family and I love, you know, the life that he's given me, what he, his plans for me and, and what, you know, he has for my life. And, you know, we've gone through a year right now where a lot of people are fearing things like death with, you know, uh, COVID-19 and all that kind of stuff. And people are just overly aware of this idea of death that, you know, as Christians, we should never, you know, fear death in the sense that it has victory over us, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that death has the final say, you know, um, I can't think of chapter and verse right now, but you know, the, you know, death, where is your sting? You know, it, it, yeah, that's funny. That's exactly what I pulled up. Yeah. You want to read it? So Mike actually had the chapter (laughs) verse, John. Yeah. He he had it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in, uh, it's on page 945 (laughs) in my Bible here. <laughs> no, uh, I was thinking those, that exact same thing, John. So um, this is 1 Corinthians 15, and Paul's saying, uh, he's describing what's to come, and he says, for this perishable must put on the imperishable, the mortal must put on immortality. When this perishable has put on the imperishable, the mortal has put on immortality. Then will come about the saying that's written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And then it mm-hmm. goes on to say, thanks be to God mm-hmm. who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that just a reminder that, I mean, is it natural to fear death? Well, yeah, because death is unnatural. Mm-hmm. I guess right? I, pr- I probably should have clarified the question is more of like, are you scared of what, of, of being dead? Like of what's after right. that? Not necessarily. Cause well, that, I mean, nobody's going to look forward you're to pro- You're probably about to go on to the idea that we were never created to experience death. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. So, garden. so death is our enemy, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's a, it's, uh, it's an unnatural thing. That's why I love what, what Paul tells the, the Thessalonians and for the first Thessalonians four, that's not easy to say for Thessalonians. Yeah. Um, Paul says, um, we don't mourn as those without hope. Yeah, it's right? a great verse. He doesn't say don't mourn. 
He doesn't say, what's wrong with you? They're going to be resurrected. Like, have a party instead. No. It's unnatural to be separated by death. Yeah. But we don't mourn as those without hope, right? Right. We recognize that in the end, the final enemy that God's going to defeat is death itself. And so when we think about, you know, back to that initial question that you asked, how, how great is heaven going to be? What do we have to look forward to? Well, we have to look forward to um, death isn't a worry anymore. Mm -hmm. Sin isn't crouching there waiting to strike anymore. You talk about the freedom to get to experience life without those things that are always hanging over us here now in this life. So, um, so is it okay for us to fear death? I mean, not like the world does because we know what's next. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and when you go to memorial services, which I'm, I know both of you have been to your fair share of them as as pastors, you can see the difference in the room yeah. when it's people that understand the hope that we have in Christ versus the people that that mm-hmm. basically. I mean, I, we did a we did a memorial service here once where um, it was kind of like split down the middle, where this person, um, you know, we knew this person had accepted Christ, we know this, but a lot of that person's uh, friends they had no clue about this, you know? And so the, mm-hmm. the stuff that they're sharing, you could tell they were hanging on to everything that they could about this person here on earth. Yeah. And the way that they're mourning it is just that it's, it's gone and mm-hmm. they don't have the same kind of hope And the way that they're, they're mourning. It is so different from the way that someone who comes up and goes, I know that I'm going to, I'm going to be in heaven one day where you're at already. You get to see your savior. He's no longer suffering from whatever, you know, the illness mm. was, was causing here, you know, those kinds of things that, yep. You can just see that in the room where it's totally different. Well, and it all starts yeah. with Jesus' own resurrection. Right. Right? Like here, Easter's coming up here in just a couple of weeks. Like if there's any day of the year to come out and celebrate with your church family, come out to Easter and bring all of your friends because a guy who was dead mm-hmm. rose again to show you that you don't have to fear death anymore. There's an amazing letter from a Roman general in the first century um, writing uh, about trying to control the the Christians. And I, I can't remember the exact name, but um, it's incredible because he says, we can control all the other people that we, mm-hmm. um, uh, that we subjugate as Romans because they're afraid of death. So as long as we put the fear of death in them, we can eventually take control of them. The problem with these Christians, it's written very negatively about Christians. And he mm-hmm. says, the problem with these Christians is they are so convinced that they saw their leader rise from the dead that they're not afraid of death itself anymore. Mm-hmm. We can't control these people, yeah. right? What a testimony for what it should look like for us as Christians, yeah. Yeah. right? We don't have to fear death like that because we know what's coming next. Right. Well, you know, I was just going to say, and then as, you know, a final, you know, encouragement, exhortation from Paul, you know, for me to, to live as Christ and to die as gain, yeah. you know, like what a, what a way to think about the idea of death and to even think that death would even deliver us into, you know, a place where there is no sin and there is no, yeah. you know, mourning. And in a way, you know, death, death gives us that, like even death itself, God uses to bring about, you know, his plan and his purposes and his, you know, um, his gift to you and me that we would live in heaven with him forever. And mm-hmm. again, coming back to this idea that heaven represents life and, and hell represents death. Yeah. And having those two things rooted in your understanding of the two helps you navigate through a lot of these questions right. about, you know, should I be afraid of death? 
yeah, if you're, you know, not a Christian and you can still have the natural desire because it's not, or natural fear because it's, you know, not something we were intended to experience. But however, what does scripture say specifically about the Christian life as it connects to the idea of death? And you've got to hold on to these promises and be reminded of what it means to be a Christian and have victory in Christ. Right. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good way to end this one with uh, Easter coming up. So this is actually going to, this will air the week before Easter. So uh, we will have here specifically, we'll have our Easter services, the same normal times as our um, yes. our services are on the weekends. We'll stick with those. Um, we're not going to let Mike plug his church. We don't want to do that here. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. No, Mike is, Mike no, is over to, at Crosspoint. I'm coming to Spring Hills on Easter, man. Are you, you are, really? You no. are not. <laughs> Mike's going to come, no. Mike's going to come bring his whole congregation here. Yeah. No. So we have our services Saturday night is the, uh, the normal five 30 and then we'll meet on Sunday, uh, for Easter to celebrate Christ's resurrection. Um, and we also have the good Friday service on Friday, the third, second, uh, April 2nd is Good Friday. So that'll be at 7 p.m. here at the church as well. Um, so, guys, thanks for coming down. We'll probably, uh, there's a lot more we can talk about this. So um, we'll probably pick this back up again in the future. We've got a lot of other podcasts coming up here. So we'll uh, we'll wait a few months and, and get back for part three. And yeah. uh, we'll replace Mike with a younger, hotter model, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah Vin Diesel will be here for... <laughs> Heaven's homeboy's almost 60 and he's still making those movies. I think you're okay. Um, Yeah. So, all right, guys, thanks for being here. Uh, Everybody enjoy Easter. We can't wait to see you there.